Toronto's Entertainment District is familiar territory for Colleen Smith, who's held senior roles in some of the country's most cherished arts institutions. Originally from Prince Edward Island, Colleen started out her work life as a teacher, sharing her passion for the arts with middle and high school students in Halifax. And after a while, um, working in and being a teacher in Halifax, I got a little bit frustrated at the lack of respect that arts education had within the school system. And I thought I should probably do something about that instead of just complaining. So instead of working in arts education um, from a teacher's perspective, then I started working in arts organizations promoting arts education that way. Colleen is passionate about getting youth involved in the arts and says that giving young people the opportunity to perform and be on stage helps build strong and confident individuals. It's all about confidence building, right? And, And I think that people, women, young women need to really believe in themselves. And because if you don't believe in yourself, other people aren't going to believe in you either. Here, Colleen's philosophy on the lack of women and people of color in arts executive roles and why you shouldn't be afraid to fail. Also, Colleen has some sound advice for job seekers and young women who are just starting out. That and much more on this episode of Run It Like a Girl. I'm downtown in Toronto and I'm talking with Colleen Smith, an arts executive who has worked at some of Canada's most beloved arts institutions. Colleen, I can't tell you how happy I am that you've agreed to join us for an episode today. Thank you. You're very sweet. Thanks, Bonnie. I'm thrilled to be here and anything you ask me to do, I will say yes. Hey, (laughs) that's great. That's a good endorsement. (laughs) Well, Let's just dig right into it. So you've been you've been an arts professional now. You're you have probably about twenty years under your belt within mm-hmm. the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about that. How did you uh, How did your career progress? How did you start in this profession? So um, after I graduated from university, I moved to Halifax and I taught. I first started teaching um, junior high band. And then I went to high school and I taught music and drama. And after a little while. Um, working in and being a teacher in Halifax, I got a little bit frustrated at the lack of respect that arts education had within the school system. And I thought I should probably do something about that instead of just complaining. So I decided to go back to school and get an MBA. And the program that I went to was in Toronto at the Schulich School at York University. And of course, once I got to Toronto, um, I never went back. So instead of working in arts education from a teacher's perspective, then I started working in arts organizations promoting arts education that way. So um, that's really what led me to working in leadership um, in the arts. So from my MBA, I worked at a lot of really spectacular organizations in Toronto. And then most recently, I uh, moved to Calgary to run an arts organization there as well. I, I like what you said about uh, you weren't going to complain about it without doing something about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, an awesome attitude to have. And would you say that that's kind of been your attitude throughout your career? Um, I, I hope so. Um, yeah, if you're, not, if you're not happy with where you are, then you need to find the power within yourself in order to make a change. And um, yeah, I, I think that's a really important attribute to have um, because, you know, life is too short to not be happy and not do what you love doing. Absolutely. I think that's that's a great perspective. Um, so as you were coming up, continuously taking on more senior leadership roles, in your first role as an executive director, that first day, if you can if you can even go back to it, 
Um, what is your outlook on leadership coming into an organization, you know, and really taking the helm and trying to, to move, move the dial forward? What is your perspective on coming in as a new leader? Well, I'm trying to remember that first day at the Factory Theater when I was the executive director. And it's a bit blurry, I have to say, <laughs> a little while ago. But I think the first thing, coming in as a leader into a new organization, you can do all the research in the world. You can you can read everything there is to read, but you have to take in what is what is really happening within that company. So you do you should have um, you should do more listening than talking. You should be accepting and um, and allowing whatever's happening in that company to happen and observe it. And I think as a leader, and, and I'm not always perfect at doing that either. Sometimes I move too quickly, and sometimes I just try to get stuff done. But I think as, as I'm growing older and as I'm having more of these positions, I need to try more and more um, just to take time and allow the organization to speak to you as opposed to you speaking to the company. So also understanding the talent and the skills of the people that already work there and how they can help you move forward. Absolutely. With the talents that they bring. Yeah. You know, I think when you, when you talk about, you know, having, finding the power yourself to change things if you're not happy and, and be willing to take a chance. I, I do think that you might be a little, a little bit unique in, in that factor. One thing, we had the privilege, I had the privilege of working with you at Factory, uh-huh. and it's, it's still one of my favorite memories and my favorite points of time. You're one of my favorites too, Bonnie. Ah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing I always admired about you was that courageous, um, like there was no one that was going to come in and push you around. You were not going to, like, you were going to go forward, you were going to move forward, and you were willing to listen to other people's ideas, but at the end of the day, you were going in the direction that you felt best for the business. What advice do you have for people that maybe don't have that kind of um, courage inside them? How, how do you find that? How do you make change and go for your dreams? I think, I think you have to, it's all about confidence building, right? And, and I think that people, women, young women need to really believe in themselves. And because if you don't believe in yourself, other people aren't going to believe in you either. So, um, so it does, it takes a certain strength of character. And you also have to be prepared to have people say no to you. You have to be prepared to fail. You have to be prepared to make mistakes. Um, and you need to learn from them at the same time, because that's all that's all character building. And um, I think that that would be my advice is to say, it's okay to make a mistake. It's, it's okay um, to fail, but believe in yourself. And if you stay true to what you believe in and why, um, then that will help to build your character. That will help to get you where ultimately where you want to go. So don't be afraid to fail. No. And listen to those mistakes to move forward. Absolutely. Because you, you make them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly do anyway. <laughs> but you have to learn from it. You really do. Absolutely. Um, so now that you're more midway into your career, mm-hmm. you have a lot of people coming up underneath you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the people that came before you? Did, were there certain people that kind of helped you within your career? Mentors or sponsors of what you were wanting to do? Is there anyone that really kind of helped there are there are so many people and i think one of the great things about working in the industry that i work in which is cultural institutions let's say but it doesn't matter if it's music or theater or or um venues or performing arts centers um it is a small network of individuals really 
from a Canadian perspective. But it is such a supportive industry. And I really value my colleagues, um, other executive directors, CEOs from across the country. And and we support each other. We really do. And so, yes, I've had mentors. Um, I've had um, professional coaches. I've had life coaches. I've been a mentor. It's a really fantastic industry. And there are so many people who care. And I, I've been the recipient of that, and I want to give it back out again. And I think that's one of the best things about about the work that I do is these fabulous people um, who are equally as passionate about what it is we do for a living. So, Colleen, we've chatted before how in how in arts organizations, really, it is kind of almost a fifty fifty split in term uh, in terms of executive directors male female ratio. Mm-hmm. But that uh, that's that equality doesn't seem to be there on the artistic director side. That it is stev- still heavily weighted towards males mm-hmm. who are making it to the top. I'd love to know your thoughts on that and how we get more women on, on the artistic yeah. side to make it to the that level. Yeah, it's an unfortunate circumstance right now that our artistic leaders in the country um, are more, it's a more male-dominated um, industry right now, and those positions are held by men, and they have been held by men. So it's something that a lot of us are, are working to have a greater sense of uh, diversity, and that's both um, from a cultural and racial perspective as well as from a gender perspective. And so my theory on that is how, how do we get to where we are right now um, with that inequality? And I think when a lot of arts organizations um, first started, and you think you know back to the 60s, 70s, 80s, a lot of them were started by um, men, artists, um, who wanted to create their own companies and tell you know, their nation's stories. And we sort of have gotten into this um, pattern of, you know, men moving from one position to another position to another position. And there isn't really a lot of room for people of color and there aren't really there wasn't really a lot of room for women. And so these organizations, um, as people step down, boards and companies create job descriptions to say, this is what I'm looking for in the next person. And these job descriptions are are brutal because they are they are listing qualifications that only a superhuman person can have all of them. And so people who have had previous experience running other companies self-identify with, yes, I've done that, I can do that. People of color and a lot of women as well don't feel like they have those qualifications and therefore they're not suitable for that position. But it's an artistic director job. You don't need to be a fundraiser. You don't need to be an accountant. You don't need to be a marketer. You need to be a great artist. And I think that's a part of the problem is that those who are making decisions for the next people coming in aren't really looking at it from what I believe is the most important perspective, which is art making. And therefore, the right people aren't necessarily being considered for those positions because they're looking for superhumans. My philosophy and I say this to young women that I speak to about making career decisions, is find out what you're passionate about and and identify the companies that you want to work for. Just find a way in. And so I did that once. I was working in Toronto, and there was this company that I identified as being a really great company. They produced wonderful art, and they were a really strong, healthy organization, and I wanted to be there. So as I'm looking through the job uh, postings, I see this job, and it's a production manager at the company that I wanted to work for. And I thought, I'm going to apply. And I have no business thinking that I would actually be a good production manager. (laughs) 
I would probably not be. Uh, but I applied for that job because I wanted into the company. And I went ahead with the interview process. And lo and behold, I was offered a job of being the director of finance and planning, not the production manager job. <laughs> and they rearranged internally so that they could have the production manager position being covered by other people already existing within the organization. And I was hired as being a director. And, um, you know, that's maybe not everyone's approach to getting into a company, but I think it's really important because um, it's more than just what is listed on that job description. It's about passion. It's about, you know, um, attitude. It's about energy. And and who cares what they say on that description? If you feel you're the right person for that company or for that job, you need to go for it. And that's my advice to, to young women is um, just go for it. What's the worst that can happen? They say, sorry, not you this time, but that's it. I absolutely love that you had the confidence to go in for a role that you knew you probably had no business being in, but that you just wanted to work in that company. What, how do you think we raise girls and boys for that matter? How do you think we raise youth to have that same kind of confidence that you have? Um, I love this question because I feel really passionate about how we can do that. And if you remember earlier on, we were talking about my career path and how I got to where I am. And a really fundamental beginning for me was being a teacher. And I taught music and I taught drama and I did a lot of the extracurricular work at the high school um, where I was at as well. And I think that is so important in our educational system is to allow young people the opportunity to perform, to experience art, to create art uh, and to be on a stage. And I can't say enough for the value of music and theater and arts education in our school system because it builds strong, capable individuals. And while I was at this high school, I would see, you know, these wonderful young women who would come into an, um, a choir or a performance program and be, um, and be not sure about themselves and to be frightened and to not have the confidence that I knew they could have. But I saw it develop as they were in these performance ensembles. And it was just the most wonderful thing. So this is my plug for arts education. And I really believe truly that you cannot you cannot graduate from any program in this entire country without having a really solid background um, or basis in the performing arts because it really does truly build wonderful human beings, strong, confident individuals um, who are well-adjusted in life. If you were to just be bounced back to a 20-year-old version of yourself, what is it that you would say to yourself? What, what key pieces of advice would you give if you could go back? It's a really great question. I've been thinking this over too. And the reality is none of my answers are the answers that most people give, I think. I would give the same advice to myself then as I do now, really. And I think in this industry, we put in so much time and so many hours. And you can talk about it being, you know, it's a passion, it's a love, it's a joy, and sort of blends the personal into the professional. But I, I think that we do that too much. And I think that the advice that is important is spend time with people. So... Whether you're 20 years old or 30 years old or 40 years old, the job is the job and there will be people before you and there will be people after you. But there will always be people around you. And you need to spend time and slow down and spend time with people. Don't take things so personally. It's a job. It is a passionate job. But it's at the end of the day, the people are the most important thing. So you're an executive director. 
yes. at arts organizations. Uh, for people that might not be familiar with that kind of role, what, what does that mean? So an executive director um, is sometimes called a managing director. It's sometimes called a general manager. It's sometimes a CEO. In the arts world, any person with those, um, those titles is really about providing uh, a vision for an organization. It's about being um, a supporter of the organization, and it's about being a steward for the art. So in, often in the arts world, you have an artistic head and you have an, um, an organizational head. The artistic director is responsible for defining what art is being produced by that organization. And in my case, the executive director is the person that needs to be able to find and create the resources to make that happen. So one person is creating the art, the other is creating the environment around the art to enable it to flourish. And that's in a nutshell what the job is, despite many um, job postings out, out there that are like five, six pages long. <laughs> it's about creating the environment to allow the art to flourish and being a leader in that regard. Well, Colleen, you know, I think that is the perfect place to stop. And I just want to thank you again for taking the time to come and be on an episode of Run It Like a Girl. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. I, I love what you're doing. I think it's very important. Um, and uh, I think we need to continue to tell our stories to inspire other young women to come up and be here sitting in this chair telling stories just like it. Run It Like a Girl is hosted by Bonnie Moak. Brian Long is the producer. Web design and technical assistance provided by Dan Moak. And music courtesy of the talented Brooklyn Gillichuk. On the next episode of Run It Like a Girl... Sharon Haywood is a female rights crusader whose activist spirit was ignited after moving to Argentina and noticing that women's clothing was only available in small sizes. Sharon is the founder of Anybody Argentina, part of a larger organization called Endangered Bodies. Sharon Haywood on the next episode of Run It Like a Girl.